Are you ready for the end of the world? Listen to Your Community Spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Let's bring back the circle again. The circle of family, the circle of friends, the circle of being. Wake up and be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. Listen to your community spirit every Friday morning from 10 to 10.30. I asked all the women I interviewed the same questions, and then I picked my favorite answers. Although I have to tell you, I've never heard an answer I didn't love. The first question I asked women was, if your vagina got dressed, what would it wear? Glasses. A beret. A leather jacket. Silk stockings. Mink. A pink boa. A male tuxedo. Jeans, something form-fitting, emeralds, an evening gown, sequins, Armani only, a tutu, see-through black underwear, a taffeta ball gown, something machine washable, costume eye mask, purple velvet pajamas, angora, a red bow, ermine and pearls, a leopard hat. A silk kimono, sweatpants, a tattoo, an electrical shock device to keep unwanted strangers away, high heels, lace and combat boots, purple feathers, twigs, and shells, cotton, a pinafore, a bikini, a slicker. You are listening to Your Community Spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. We were just listening to part of the Vagina Monologues. As part of the 2006 V-Day College Challenge, the students of Southern Illinois University at Carbondale are proud to present a benefit production of the Vagina Monologues to raise awareness and funds for local organizations working to end violence against women and girls. So, yes, the this is part of this national campaign, but the... It is, it's Women's Month. Yes, right? it's Women's Month. So this is, this is a strong way to start Women's Month. Yes, so you can get it started off on the right foot, and the vagina monologues are happening on tonight, Friday, at 7.30 p.m., and Saturday at 7.30 p.m., and also Sunday at 2.30 p.m., all of these at the Fur Auditorium in Pulliam on the SIU campus in Carbondale. And all of the proceeds from this will go to the Women's Center, which is a very important and valuable community organization. So you get a good, meaningful show and also support the local community. Another very good play... Uh, this weekend is On the Line, Exploring Resistance and Possibility. This is at the Marion Kleinu Theater. Well, it says Marion, but it's here on campus, upstairs in the communications building. Mm-hmm. Can subversive humor show us where the trouble is? For every movement created to bring about change, can a counter-movement arise to sustain the social order? And if so, is activism only reactive mm-hmm. rather than proactive? Where is the line that turns non-action into action? This performance will use cast-generated narrative to consider these questions and how the answers to them shape our personal and political climate. 
All shows are 8 p.m. Um, next tonight and tomorrow night. So sounds like a really good show. Other really happenings. Show. Yes, other happenings we have. For those of you who were here for the uh, special extra hour of the beginning of the show, <laughs> we talked about this a bit. But in case you missed it, we have Gregory Vickery of the Tongass Conservation Society presents Roads to Nowhere. This is a slideshow coming up next Tuesday, March 7th at 7.30 p.m. at the SIU Student Center. It's also showing the following Wednesday, March 8th at 7 p.m. at the Big Muddy IMC at 214 North Washington in Carbondale. So what's this all about? The Tongass National Forest currently stands at a critical juncture. At this presentation, you will learn more about the Tongass and what you can do to help preserve America's only rainforest. Over the past two decades, over a billion dollars of taxpayer money was spent building roads and logging our our nation's largest national forest, the Tongass. The result? Crumbling roads, stump-filled landscapes, and harm to drinking water. So once again, it's Tuesday, March 7th at 7.30 p.m. at the SIU Student Center Auditorium. It's also Wednesday, March 8th at 7 p.m. at the Big Muddy IMC, 214 North Washington in Carbondale. And also as part of, well, maybe not as part of, but it, it should be part of a Women's Month, Rosetta Stone Bookstore will host an opening reception in their art gallery for Red Carla's Esoteric Art, Screaming Out Against Sexual Abuse, an exhibit of new work by artist E. Edward Wyatt III, a local Carbondale artist. The reception will take place at Rosetta Stone Bookstore from 6 to 8 p.m. today, Friday, March 3rd. Rosetta Stone Bookstore is located at 214 West Freeman Street in the Campus Shopping Center in Carbondale. The reception will feature an open house with refreshments and is free and open to the public. The show will be on display through April 5th during regular business hours, which is Tuesday through Saturday, 11 to 6 p.m. And that's at Rosetta Stone Bookstore. And they usually have really good... And this one sounds intense. Yes. Very intense art. There's a lot of stuff happening tonight. Yeah, there is. Tonight and this whole weekend, it's just a huge... Huge. <laughs> I don't even know what to call it. Lots of happenings in the community. <laughs> so let's see. Speaking of lots of things happening in the community, as some of you may know, this week has been the Big Muddy Film Fest. So there's still. It's th- like it's like the 28th annual or something like that. Yeah, it's it's the the umpteenth million annual. Yeah, it's <laughs> like it, it's it's the longest running student film festival in the world. Yeah, which is very exciting. And it's always a good thing to check out. And so still coming up in this film fest, we've got a few things. The one of which is Propaganda, the Art and Crimes of Ron English. This is at 9.30 p.m. tonight at the Student Center Auditorium, the $2 admission. And this is a portrait of an artist who illegally replaces billboard advertisements with his own. Now, I'm going to check this out because I, uh, Orr showed me a little clip on iFilm that's a sort of a preview of this. But this whole movie deals with his replacing of billboards with artistic... Well, I mean, he makes it look like the original ad. Yeah. With just a slight twist. Or some of them are serious twists. Yeah. Like, um, I can't even say some of them. They're so <laughs> twisted. I mean... Yeah. Um, but like the Marlboro one, he he does the Marlboro packaging 
for cigarettes, and it looks just like the logo, but instead of saying the brand name, it says Breathe. <laughs> yep. And the other one was, the, the one I really, I I can't describe it, but it shows like a Humvee. Yeah. And it says, you know, this ain't your father's oil war anymore or something like that. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's just, um, what was the other one? It's like Chevy, like Iraq. You know, like Iraq, the country. Yeah, like like Iraq, like I Iraq. Like like Iraq, Iraq. you know. It's like like Iraq. <laughs> oh, like Iraq. And then, um, actually, I think my favorite was actually for Apple computers. They have this series, Think oh, Different, yes. <laughs> and they get famous people like Einstein, uh-huh. etc. So they were like, he puts them up. He put um, Hitler. <laughs> I mean, all he does is change the picture of the person. Yeah, everything else looks the same. Exactly the same. Hitler, Marilyn Manson, and then on an Apple ad, he put Bill Gates, too. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Gets people thinking outside the box. So, um, if you want to see propaganda, let's see. What was the other one? The real dirt on Farmer Brown. Yes. I said Farmer Brown. It says Farmer John. Farmer John. <laughs> Where did I get Farmer Brown from? <laughs> They actually, originally, this was scheduled for last weekend, mm-hmm. but it was so little publicized or so few people showed up. Yeah. It's such a good film that they are showing it again this weekend. Yes, and, and I'm happy because I want to go see it, and I'm going to go see it. And <laughs> I understand this is about a farmer in northern Illinois who, over the last something like 20 years, actually ha- went from conventional farming over the years. Now he actually does organic, um, community-supported agriculture. Yeah, it so. does. It, according to the little blurb here, it depicts a 55-year span in the life of John Peterson Whoa. and his rural Illinois family I farm. I thought 20 years, but so 55 it, years. It goes through the whole you know, 55-year life. Of, he's a little kid on the farm and that sort of thing. It's a gripping, emotional story of the transformation of the individual and his community through the power of personal acceptance and the melding of tradition and activism John reinvents the family farm as a chemical-free, consumer-involved panacea to food and all of its rich, sensual delights. So it sounds like a really exciting story, and I'm going to go check it out. I was actually going to play the song, I Won't Panic If It's Organic. <laughs> I Won't but Panic. The you know, the CD's not working, so... Yes. It's it's a reggae tune. It's like, I won't panic if it's organic. Give me natural foods and I just can't stand it. Something yeah. like that. Yeah, I'm pretty good. Yeah, you, you are. And I, I love that song. And this, once again, the time of this next showing is this coming Sunday, March 5th, at the at 10 a.m. And is that is that correct? At the University 8 Theater? Yeah. Wow. Well, that's pretty cool. University 8 Theater, 10 a.m. this coming Sunday. The Real Dirt on Farmer John. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back. Just to let you know, this is the sunrise ritual of the, uh, Indians. Um, this is in honor of spring coming, warmth, and um, and so soon soon we will play. At the end of the show, we're going to play springtime love in the old Shawnee. Yes, because spring is at hand, and it's going to get a little chilly again. But now that we're getting into March, it's kind of almost sort of springtime and. Spring equinox coming up too, so <laughs> I can feel spring starting to happen, especially on a sunny day like this. And now I get to get depressed. 
All right. I was going to read this with, like, creepy music in behind it. Should I read it with the beautiful drums? It's a speech of George Bush. Ah, the balance off the speech. Actually, this is um, it's short and sweet and to the point. This is a Bush. A, a Bush. <laughs> this is a speech by Bush about the Advanced Energy Initiative. It's not actually a speech. It's a letter. President letter. Um president's letter my fellow americans keeping american competitive requires reliable affordable and clean supplies of energy now i got this off the web the white house white house um, website mm-hmm. so this is president bush's letter to us about you know future of energy the future okay. of energy my fellow americans keeping america competitive requires reliable affordable and clean supplies of energy over the past five years, my administration has taken steps to increase the domestic supply of energy, including alternative and renewable sources. Now, just to let you know, at the end of this, I'm going to have a bitch fest. Okay? Um, <laughs> or I could just do it right in the middle. My fellow Americans, over the past five years, <laughs> we have done nothing. Um, no, that didn't say it. I will get back to the letter. <laughs> We have also worked to improve energy efficiency and make our energy infrastructure more secure and reliable. We implemented a new national energy policy, and last summer I signed into law the Energy Policy Act of 2005, the first comprehensive energy bill in more than a decade. America's energy challenges require continued action. For the sake of our economic and national security, we must reduce our dependence on foreign sources of energy, including on the natural gas that is the source of electricity for many homes, for many American homes, and the crude oil that supplies gasoline for our cars. I don't know where he gets that about natural gas. Something like 70% of our energy is produced with coal for electricity. Slipping in that little clean energy natural gas, cleaner Uh burning. Anyway, to achieve this objective, we will take advantage of technology. I think I'm going to have my bitch fest right now. (laughs) Um, Take advantage of technology. We have the technology right now to to have cars that are more energy efficient. However, we have not raised the CAF standards, which are the requirements to make the cars more energy efficient. We have not followed California, who has raised energy, um, well, ga- miles per gallon on average. We actually, right now, get less miles per gallon on average in all the cars than they had when the Model T was made. Yes, so we've we've gone backwards in time. <laughs> Only by like four miles per gallon, but still, but still, <laughs> it was you know the average is like 22 miles per gallon, and then it was like 26 <laughs> miles per gallon. Well, well, I don't. <clears throat> Excuse me. I don't know if we still have the advanced state of technology we had back during the Model T times to have that fuel efficiency. Well, they had less oil and gas back then, so they decided it would make them a little more energy efficient. Yeah. Okay. To achieve this objective, we will take advantage of technology. Now, my, the government's, advanced energy initiative 
provides for a 22% increase in funding for clean energy technology research at the Department of Energy. Mm-hmm. That is true. What they they re, they increase the money for research and decrease the money for staff. Yes. <laughs> so now so. they have one very eager scientist who's trying to research 50 projects at once. Right. It's Okay. To change how we power our homes and offices, we will invest more in zero-emission coal-fired plants, revolutionary solar and wind technologies. <laughs> They've been revolutionary. Yeah, he's, I've always suspected <laughs> that Bush was a revolutionary at heart. Well, <laughs> okay. And clean, safe nuclear energy. Yes, and other oxymorons. Okay. To change how we power our automobiles, we will increase our research in better batteries for hybrid and electric cars and in pollution-free cars that run on hydrogen. Again, we will not increase the requirement for them to be more energy efficient. Mm -hmm. Now, okay, I... We will also fund additional research on cutting-edge methods of producing ethanol, not from corn, but from wood chips, stalks, or switchgrass. Switchgrass. Um, (laughs) Cutting edge. Yeah. They did this back in the 20s. Yeah. (laughs) They've been doing it since the energy crisis in the 70s in Brazil. (laughs) So it's cutting edge for this administration. (laughs) Yes. This administration still living in the 20s. (laughs) Applying the talent and innovative spirit of our citizens, we will foster economic growth, protect and improve our environment, move beyond petroleum-based economy, and make our dependence on foreign sources of energy a thing of the past. Mm-hmm. This is the president letter, president's letter, and actually it is signed George W. Bush, the White House. Yes. February 20th, 2006. Now, to read the full plan, you should go to whitehouse.gov slash stateoftheunion slash 2006 slash energy slash index html (laughs) so and it is actually a very decent plan if they implement it yes Um, some of the language he uses is very meaningful and yet well i mean (laughs) what did i say we started oil addicts anonymous yeah okay (laughs) first step he's he's up to step two isn't he first step was admitting you have a problem yes second step say you'll do something about it yes third step well, maybe he's at the third step. Actually, fund it, start doing it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So he, he's somewhere. He's he's leaning towards the third step. We might just cross our fingers. <laughs> it just matters, you know. Is this um, what is it when you have like Alcoholics Anonymous, where you just you go to the meetings and you you know say you'll do it mm-hmm. and then don't do it? You know, is he a true addict where he's going to? step on the wagon, off the wagon, on the wagon, or is he talking the good stuff? Well, I think what he may need is a sponsor, you know, someone <laughs> someone to help him keep to his side. Cheney's his sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> well, there goes that whole plan. Well, it's supposed to be anonymous. Yes. Oil Addicts Anonymous. Oil Addicts Anonymous. <laughs> you know, but since we are all part of the club. Yes, we could all be his sponsor and remind him, you know, you have said that you are addicted to oil. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, I actually like this letter because, you know, it was very good doublespeak. Yes. <laughs> I mean, um, th- he was talking about, actually, they were cutting the funding, like, renewable, um, the National Renewable Energy Lab. They cut the funding and had to lay off 23 
employees. He's going around promoting the speech. Like three days before he promoted the speech, they cut the funding by $23 million. Yeah. They gave him back $5 million so they could rehire the workers the day before the speech. <laughs> that he w- but he went around. He went around to um, re- renewable energy places. He went around to different companies that produce different technologies that are you know, working on making America better. So yeah. um, he's talking. He's talking. He's it's, talking the talk. Yeah, so I, I'm hopeful. I have to be. <laughs> so and other news. If he doesn't walk the walk, we can walk the walk for him. Yeah. <laughs> so let's see. In other news... Oh, let's let's get to something Illinois related. <laughs> bring in the Illinois, bring in the hunk. <laughs> bring in the Illinois, bring in the, the hunk. hunk. <laughs> oh, sorry, yes. I thought you were starting to rap. <laughs> oh, maybe on the next episode of Community Spirit. <laughs> but let's see, Obama. Before you do that, can you read this one? Ah, uh, yes, I can. I, for- I forgot I had like an actual news article Ooh. about Bush to go after. Ah, uh, yes, a news article about this story. So yes, can't you hear me when I call? Pat Joseph, RAW contributor, President uh, President Bush's last State of the Union address will be remembered for the words "addicted to oil," but just as remarkable was the absolute lack of any reference to global warming, or even the administration's preferred euphemism, climate change. The omission was no mistake. Ever since taking office and promptly reversing a campaign pledge to regulate carbon dioxide emissions, President Bush has been consistent in his disdain for the science on climate change. Indeed, at times that disdain has bordered on outright hostility. When asked by a reporter about the EPA's climate action report in 2002, a report that acknowledged the reality of global warming, a visibly miffed Bush sneered back, quote, I read the report put out by the bureaucracy, (laughs) end quote. The statement was dripping with contempt, but Bush himself was appointed by any number of bureaucrats to meddle with the science he finds so threatening. For starters, there was oil lobbyist Phil Cooney, former White House staff, now climate, now with ExxonMobil, who, despite not having any scientific training, saw fit to edit government climate research so as to heighten any uncertainties and soften conclusions. More recently, there was... 24-year-old Bush appointee George Deutsch, erstwhile public affairs official at NASA, who was threatened the, who threatened the space agency's top climate scientist, James Hansen, with, quote, dire consequences if he didn't tone down public comments on global warming. So yes, actually, threatening scientists about their commentaries on science. <laughs> so, big news there. And the... There's more information on this at the Compass, the Sierra Club's running web journal devoted to all things environmental. But the big news, Bush and his oil addiction still an issue. (laughs) (laughs) Well, speaking of the Sierra Club, the Sierra Club Chronicles. This is a new monthly TV series. (laughs) And you can actually go to the Sierra Club website and download the TV series. Okay. This month takes on Exxon, and you can too when you host a uh, a house party. 
How about that? House party. An Exxon house party. (laughs) In January, ExxonMobil announced the record-breaking annual profit, yet the world's largest oil company has yet to pay a penny in the damages owed to the Alaskan fishermen from the Exxon Valdez oil spill almost 17 years ago. Just to let you know on a side note, I do not buy any ExxonMobil gas. Hmm. Because... I mean, they were the world's largest oil company, and they don't... Never mind. <laughs> but they need that money from you to pay for this bill they did so many years ago. <laughs> After a January hearing at the Ninth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals, the fishermen are awaiting a decision about whether the three... Uh, I was going to... Whether the 30,000 plaintiffs affected by the spill will get the $4.5 billion in punitive damages they were awarded. Now, help send Exxon a message... You can host a house party on Friday, March 24th, the anniversary of this oil spill, to screen the episode of the Sierra Club Chronicles called The Day the Water Died. After watching the episode, you will you After watching the episode, you can host a discussion and take action through the Sierra Club's website. You can even call in toll-free to listen to the Sierra Club's Alaska to Alaska's re- representative and special guests provide more background on the fight with Exxon. For details on hosting a house party like the recent Stitch and Bitch in Atlanta <laughs> or to order your free DVD go to sierraclubtv.org Yes, and that might even be something the IMC would be interested in doing if there's sufficient people in the community who want to take that on. But let's see, in other news, I can get to that one I almost got to a moment ago. Bring in the Illinois, bring in the hunk. <laughs> Obama speechifies for energy independence, chemical plant security. Senator Barack Obama is calling for a bipartisan effort to create a cabinet-level national director of energy security who would coordinate federal policies to cut U.S. dependence on foreign oil. In a Tuesday speech to U.S. governors, Obama touted several policies to promote oil-free energy, among them Department of Defense investments in the best commercial biofuel endeavors. He suggested bio, He suggested Big Auto put serious efforts into creating fuel-efficient vehicles in return for the feds picking up some health care costs for industry retirees. Obama's hot for national security. On Monday, he said he'd introduced legislation this week mandating minimum security requirements at chemical plants around the country when an attack could kill thousands and endanger millions more. So far, only about 1,100 of the nation's 15,000 largest plants participate in the Bush administration's voluntary security program. (laughs) Voluntary (laughs) security. (laughs) Gotta love it. (laughs) Straight to the source, Associated Press, Chicago Sun-Times, 27th of February, 2006. Now this is an interesting one. Um, first, a little side note. This is about the Statue of Liberty. Now, are you aware that you cannot go up in the Statue of Liberty anymore? They oh, do not yeah. allow people up there because they're afraid someone's going to blow of, it up. Yeah. <laughs> but nation's landmarks adopt 100% renewable energy. Huh. Arlington, Virginia, RenewableEnergyAccess.com. The Statue of Liberty, America's ubiquitous symbol for freedom, is now symbolically free from fossil fuels. 
The Statue of Liberty, Ellis Island, and several other federal facilities in northern New Jersey owned by the U.S. General Service Administration will now run on 100% renewable power. Pepco Energy Services, a supplier of renewable energy in the mid-Atlantic region, will provide the green power credits in a three-year contract. Essentially, you pay to have a company install renewable energy somewhere. Yeah. That's how green credits work. The energy will be generated from wind turbines. So, again, um, an estimated 27 million kilowatt hours of electricity generated from 100% renewable energy to the Statue of Liberty on Liberty Island and Ellis Island Immigration Museum, both landmarks operated by the National Park Service. Yes, so Lady Liberty is going green and... Actually, she kind of is green already, isn't she? Mm-hmm. And t- did you know that they actually have a solar electric system on the White House? Oh, yeah. Do, do it's technically, it's not on the White House. <laughs> the Park Service owns the grounds, okay? And they have a swimming pool bathhouse. <laughs> and that completely powered by solar electric. <laughs> and a solar hot water system. I think they put a solar hot water system to heat the pool. Yes. So technically, the White House has, you know, the White House, I don't think, knows it. But Shh, don't tell. Because <laughs> <laughs> the Park Service runs it. So yeah. we are going to play Springtime in the Old Shawnee because I think it's spring. I think it is. We'll be back next week with another exciting and informative. Well, this week was an hour and a half, but next week we'll be back to a half hour of your community spirit. We'll see you then. Shawnee.